the name of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2. Let's quickly go. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 9 to 11. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 to 11. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we there? Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 to 11. And I want to start to share with us tonight on what, I, what again I call the time of Gentile kingdoms. It looks like I'm not going to be able to exhaust this as fast as I have wanted to, but it's okay. We'll just track with the Holy Spirit what the Lord will have us know or what the Holy Ghost will teach us in this moment. Amen. And we have to be a people of doctrine. We have to be people who are ready to learn. We have to be a people who are ready to know about Jesus, about the powerful name of Jesus, so that we can represent Him, like Jesus put it this way when He spoke on Sunday, so that we can be able to contend earnestly for that name of Jesus and contend for that faith. I am particularly very um, committed to raising the young generation of people who will know the Lord and who will know that the key to their future relevance is in godly lifestyle, in Christ-likeness. And uh, to be that, we have to know Jesus and who He is. Amen. Okay, amen. Philippians 2 is where I said I was going to start from. Therefore God exalted Him to the highest place and gave Him the name that is above every name. Gave Him the name that is above every name. That what? Let's read together. That at the name of Jesus, at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. This is talking about subduing knees, nations, kingdoms, authorities, powers. And Bible says, both in heaven, on earth, and underneath the earth. And verse 11 says this, and that every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Can we say Jesus Christ is Lord? Can we, can we confess that and say Jesus Christ is Lord? One more time, can we say Jesus Christ is Lord? To the glory of God, the Father. Amen. And this is very important for us to know that this is not just a placeholder in Scripture. This is actually a statement that God is making on the earth to decide or to, 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 to delineate and to design how the world will be skewed. And I want you to please listen tonight. I know we've all traveled through traffic and uh, this is at a very interesting city. But I want us to really understand something about the name of Jesus. There is something about the name of Jesus. There is something about the, the name of Jesus that the Father bestowed on him by reason of the sacrifice of himself on the cross of Calvary. And by the time he rose from the grave, the Bible says God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name. So our victory is sure because Jesus Christ died and rose again. Our victory is sure. Not because we know how to pray or because we know to do anything, but because we have the name of Jesus. Amen. That name of Jesus is higher than every other name. It's higher than every other kingdom. And let's go on. As we go on in our study tonight, you will understand uh, a whole lot more in detail when we talk about the name of Jesus being above every other name. Amen. Praise the Lord. The reason is because empires are changing. And for those of you who are coming for the, for the first time, I'm again saying, or joining us online, I'm saying that I'm teaching on times of the Gentile kingdoms. And we have gone a little bit, and I think this is part seven, if I'm not mistaken. Now, we spoke a lot about empires, about kingdoms. We started by talking about the dream that the greatest king that ever lived in terms of Gentile kingdom, which was the Babylonian Empire, saw. He saw a statue, head of gold, breast of silver, tussle of, uh, of uh, bronze, leg of iron and feet of iron mixed with clay, which each, with each meaning the inferiority of successive kingdoms to the previous one. And so what we have today, as powerful as it may look to you today, are empires that are not as strong. 
they may look like they are publicized and they are all over the place, but the individuals are strong. And the reason is because there is a church that is getting stronger and stronger. So the kingdoms of the world are growing weaker and weaker from the days of Nebuchadnezzar. The church of the living God that was purchased by the blood of Jesus is growing stronger and stronger from the days of Babylon. And so you need to understand that we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's important for the born again child of God to have that settled in our human spirit. That even though everything around the world is looking like we are being M in, but really we are growing in God and we belong to a kingdom that actually is growing stronger and stronger and waxing stronger and stronger. I don't want to go back to all the things we start talking about since the beginning of this year, but you need to have it an understanding that for the fact that you have believed in the name of Jesus, you have been baptized into a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You have been baptized into a kingdom that would outlast every other kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. And so, we need to settle that in ourselves. Amen. And when we settle that in ourselves and we wage warfare, we wage warfare from the place of faith and from the place of confidence, knowing that we cannot lose this battle. Praise the name of Jesus. I say we cannot lose against the kingdom of darkness. But instead, in the days of the Gentile kingdoms, God has raised His church to be an herald of His glory and to be an announcer of His gospel. That's the reason, that's the essence of church life. The essence of church, the essence of Christianity, is to be able to enforce the dominion that God has given to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why Christ is called the head of the church and we are His body. That's why everything we need is in Him. Praise the name of the Lord. Anybody understand this? Alright, so let's, 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 let's understand clearly about the principle of Jesus and His kingdom. Um, so empires are changing from that, from that moment. Empires keep changing. And God is deposing kings. God is subduing kings. And He's taking over their kingdoms. We looked at the book of Daniel chapter 5 last week, I guess. And um, I won't be able to go into it again because I, I said we should read it. It's a story of how God sacked one strong kingdom and how God established a new kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. Without even anyone knowing it. Only a prophetic word by God. God spoke a word and says, your kingdom is expired and your neighbor will take over. So, it's in the, on the basis of this insight that we need to do evangelism in these last days. And so means, that means our evangelism or soul winning or kingdom advance, whichever way you like to call it. Some people like to call it use kingdom advance. Some people like to use, call, call it advancing the kingdom. Some people like to call it evangelism. Some people like to call it soul winning. Some people like to call it taking over. Whichever um, description suits you well. Clearly, we are saying that we are moving forward and we are establishing God's counsel and God's will on the earth. And it is the responsibility of the body of Christ to make that happen. Praise the name of Jesus. And one of the ways is as we continue to pray. You see, one of the things I want to encourage you to do is to continue to make a decree, prophetic decree of the church against politics, against social systems, against economic systems. I can never overemphasize the place of prophetic strength of the church because it was when Daniel and his broad brothers were praying, they went to spend some time to pray that the atmosphere of the spirit changed and God sacked one kingdom and God put and that kingdom in. And this is to say to me, I always, when I read this in scripture, it, 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 it destroys or it counteracts the ongoing conversation in church circles that we can only change the earth if we get physically involved in going to be voted for as a politician. 
Now, it's okay for us to get involved in the political process. But honestly, let me tell you this. If you love your life, you can't get involved as it is right now. Because the people who are running the politics of the world, of the, at least I know my state and of my country, are people honestly telling you you don't want to be involved in. So clearly, you better know that for years to come, you are going to be ruled by riffraffs. So you better know how to go on your knees and get God to invade in the system of the earth. So, because there is something about the name of Jesus, there is something about the, the name of Jesus that the Father bestowed on him by reason of the sacrifice of himself on the cross of Calvary. And by the time he rose from the grave, the Bible says God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name. So our victory is sure because Jesus Christ died and rose again. Our victory is sure, not because we know how to pray or because we know to do anything, but because we have the name of Jesus. Amen. That name of Jesus is higher than every other name. It's higher than every other kingdom. And let's go on. As we go on in our study tonight, you will understand uh, a whole lot more in detail when we talk about the name of Jesus being above every other name. Amen. Praise the Lord. The reason is because empires are changing. And for those of you who are coming for the, for the first time, I'm again saying, or join us online, I'm saying that I'm teaching on times of the Gentile kingdoms. And we have gone a little bit, and I think this is part seven, if I'm not mistaken. Now, we spoke a lot about empires, about kingdoms. We started by talking about the dream that the greatest king that ever lived in terms of Gentile kingdom, which was the Babylonian Empire, saw. He saw a statue, head of gold, breast of silver, tussle of, uh, of uh, bronze, leg of iron, and feet of iron mixed with clay. With each, with each meaning the inferiority of successive kingdoms to the previous one. And so what we have today, as powerful as it may look to you today, are empires that are not as strong. They may look like they are publicized and they are all over the place, but they are really not as strong. And the reason is because there is a church that is getting stronger and stronger. So the kingdoms of the world are growing weaker and weaker from the days of Nebuchadnezzar. The church of the living God that was purchased by the blood of Jesus is growing stronger and stronger from the days of Babylon. And so you need to understand that we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It is important for the born again child of God to have that settled in our human spirit that even though everything around the world is looking like we are being hemmed in, but really we are growing in God and we belong to a kingdom that actually is growing stronger and stronger and waxing stronger and stronger. I don't want to go back to all the things we started talking about since the beginning of this year, but you need to have it and understand it that for the fact that you have believed in the name of Jesus, you have been baptized into a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You have been baptized into a kingdom that would outlast every other kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. And so, we need to settle that in ourselves. Amen. And when we settle that in ourselves, and we wage warfare, we wage warfare from the place of faith and from the place of confidence, knowing that we cannot lose this battle. Praise the name of Jesus. I say we cannot lose the kingdom of darkness. But instead, in the days of the Gentile kingdoms, God has raised His church to be an herald of His glory and to be an announcer of His gospel. That's the reason, that's the essence of church life. The essence of church... The essence of Christianity is to be able to enforce the dominion that God has given to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why Christ is called the head of the church and we are His body. 
That's why everything we need is in Him. Praise the name of the Lord. Anybody understand this? Alright, so let's, 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 let's understand clearly about the principle of Jesus and His kingdom. Um, so empires are changing from that, from that moment. Empires keep changing. And God is deposing kings. God is subduing kings. And He's taking over their kingdoms. We looked at the book of Daniel chapter 5 last week, I guess. And um, I won't be able to go into it again because I, I said we should read it. It's a story of how God sacked one strong kingdom and how God established a new kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. Without even anyone knowing it. Only a prophetic word by God. God spoke a word and says, your kingdom is expired and your neighbor will take over. So, it's in the, on the basis of this insight that we need to do evangelism in this last days. And so means, that means our evangelism or soul winning or kingdom advance, whichever way you like to call it. Some people like to call it kingdom advance. Some people like to call, call it advancing the kingdom. Some people like to call it evangelism. Some people like to call it soul winning. Some people like to call it taking over. Whichever... Um, the scripture speaks well. Clearly, we are saying that we are moving forward and we are establishing God's counsel and God's will on the earth. And it is the responsibility of the body of Christ to make that happen. Praise the name of Jesus. And one of the ways is as we continue to pray. You see, one of the things I want to encourage you to do is to continue to make a decree, prophetic decree of the church against politics, against social systems. Against economic systems, I can never overemphasize the place of prophetic strength of the church. Because it was when Daniel and his broad brothers were praying, they went to spend some time to pray, that the atmosphere of the spirit changed. And God sacked one kingdom, and God put another kingdom in. And this is to say to me, I always, when I read this in scripture, it, 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 it destroys or it counteracts the ongoing conversation in church circles that we can only change the earth if we get physically involved in going to be voted for as a politician. Now, it's okay for us to get involved in the political process. But honestly, let me tell you this. If you love your life, you can't get involved as it is right now. Because the people who are on the politics of the world, of the, at least I know my state and of my country, are people who honestly can tell you you don't want to be involved in. So clearly, you better know that for years to come, you're going to be ruled by riffraffs. So you better know how to go on your knees and get God to invade in the system of the earth. So, because it is that, even if you have your voting, or voting to your PVC and you go and vote, it, will not, it may not count. Is that correct? So let's understand that the power that God is asking us to wield is not by becoming political party members of a certain political party that has a certain human ideology. We belong to a kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. We do not belong to a democracy. We belong to a kingdom. God is not a democrat. Amen. What God is asking you to do is not to say, let's wait for another four years to change the government. God says in your closet, if you will issue a decree and say, God, I want this government changed, I want the person removed, He says, I will accept your request and I will change it for you. So we have the power to make decrees as a church. And that is what Daniel did with his brother, with his friends. Okay. Amen. And it is on the basis of their prophetic decree that made empires to change and also positioned them in there. You know that they don't, you know, none of those guys went to be a Kaka member of a political party. And I, I am a Kaka member of a political party. Okay. I'm not saying, but I'm trying to say that if that's what you're looking for, for God to elevate you to be above them, you will never be able to get it done. It's by the prayer decree of the church. Praise the name of Jesus. Because when the church prayed, when Daniel prayed, 
when three Hebrew children prayed, they came, government came to and picked them and said, Go on, come and become slave presidents. Is that correct? Because that's what Daniel became. Daniel became number three, the third most powerful ruler in the whole of the kingdom. That's like your slave president right now. And he did not have to cast, have to wait to have to cast, a vote cast for him. They came and said, who, who is worthy? He manifested the anointing of the Holy Ghost to pick him and they made him third ruler. Praise the name of Jesus. And we need to understand that that is the power of the true church. We have to become so powerful that the systems of the world will have no choice but to come and pick us to be MDs, to be GMs. Can I hear amen? To take over businesses. Can I hear yes? Alright, because those systems must be so decimated by the power of God that there will be no solution anywhere else but only in you. You will be the solution for the, for the world. Praise the name of Jesus. Alright, so as a Daniel church, we have to manifest the spirit of wisdom and revelation because these are the things that will subdue the Gentile kingdoms. Please follow me. We have to enforce the kingdom of God through the power of the spirit, the power of our prayer, power of our faith, and governmental decrees. So that like Daniel and the three Hebrew children, we can also subdue the nations or the Gentile kingdoms of our day. Praise the name of Jesus. We also will need to bring up in our churches and in our personal lives a return to lifestyle evangelism. Amen. Hello, people. People ought to be able to look into our lives and the way we conduct ourselves as single people and say, I like to know who you are. They may use one like, I like to follow you to your church. They may use one like, I have a problem. Can you help me? Then we use phrases like, I don't know what is wrong with me lately. I don't seem to have any way. Do you, do you mind if I come and pass the night at your house and you speak to me? Do you mind if I come and spend some time with you over this weekend? I'll buy, I'll buy you lunch. And you just tell me what is the secret of your life. Now, nobody, because I come from the expressions that the world will use. But clearly, we have to lead such impeccable, God-centered lives that unbelievers will see us and they will want to be like us. Can I hear yes, somebody? Alright, so all the powerful but godless nations or systems of the world will continually be broken by the sovereign Lord God till they finally bow down to the name of King Jesus. Amen. And please, you need to understand that Jesus is King. Amen. That's why we say we belong to a kingdom. Hallelujah. He's King Jesus. And these are the days of the kingdom. And the Bible already spoke about it. That this dominion of this king will never be subdued. It will increase. Because, don't forget where we started our story from. The king slept and saw in his dream a vision of a stone that was cast, that was cut out without human hands. A little pebble, a little rock. And over time, while in his dream, he saw the stone grow to a point where it became heavy enough to strike the statue of the great empires of the world at the feet. The statue fell down. God shattered into, into, into smithereens and into, into pieces but instead this stone began to grow and grow and since that time that stone continues to grow that stone we said is Christ hallelujah amen and that stone continues to grow until it becomes the mountain of the Lord's house that as I now saw it and expressed this way it says that in the last days the mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted above all the hills and above all the mountains and then all the nations shall flow to his saying, Teach us the way of the Lord. So, God's church, Isaiah 2, Micah 4, both two prophets at different times, apart from Daniel, saw into this last day. And they spoke about the weight of the, of, of the church. How powerful, how weighty, how heavy anointed the church will be. 
so anointed and so powerful that he will decimate the Gentile kingdoms. And I'm telling you, whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, that's who you are, that's what is in your DNA, that's the capacity God has brought the wire into you, and the earlier you try living that out, the better. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so we are people of faith, we are full of faith, we speak faith, we declare faith, we decree, we speak things into existence that, humanly speaking, may actually not, may not, may not make sense. Praise God. So, all kingdoms of the earth will fade away, but God's kingdom will remain. Amen. And the stone, cast without human hands, will continue to grow in the earth. That's what the book of Daniel says. Hallelujah. Amen. And this kingdom will outlast all the other kingdoms. Now, it is our responsibility as God's church, okay, knowing this about ourselves, and knowing this about our king, don't forget I said Jesus is king. Amen. I know he's our Lord, he's our Savior, he's the first begun of the Father, he's the first of those who died and rose again. But much more is the soon coming king. Hallelujah. Amen. He came as a, as, as, as a baby, was born, grew up, died, rose again, and ascended to heaven. Now he's going to come back as king of kings, and lord of lords. Praise the name of Jesus. So we belong to a kingdom. So you are, you are an heir of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And when the old earth is wrapped up, and that will be soon, when it's wrapped up, the new kingdom, the real kingdom of God will come and be superimposed upon the earth system. And we are saying to people, it's not going to be by you, again, it's not going to be by politics, by democracy. It's going to be by politics, but not by democracy. Praise the name of Jesus. Because politics is how people are ruled. But democracy is how America says the world people should be ruled. By going to ballot boxes, okay? But so God is very involved in politics, but we were saying that God will have to fix you and put you there himself. Like he did it for Josh, Joseph, he did it for Daniel, he'll do it for you too. Praise the name of Jesus. The, 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 the current vice president of, this, of the country. I mean, you can see this 21st century example. He was not a politician, he was not interested in politics. Well, he served as a technocrat. They were looking for somewhere. They were doing mini, mini, mini more. The man was visiting his house. People were having a headache about who to, who to be, who to be as, as a running mate. Put a call through to him. Are you interested? He said, I'm not sure. Let me talk to my wife first. And then wife said, you know what we do? Let's talk to God first. Husband talked to wife. Wife said, let's talk to God. God spoke to them and said, okay, you can accept on these terms. So, when, we, when God takes us to this place, we will give them our terms. But when we get there by them, by them, then we will bite our fingers and compromise ourselves. And that's what's happening. A lot of democratic believers today who are getting into all sorts of things just to become governors or become senators or whatever it is. By the time they are done, their souls are sold over to the enemy and they are worse of the unbelievers just because they want to say, I'm a politician. No, you don't need that. Amen. You just press into God's kingdom and see how this kingdom will overrun every other kingdom. We understand that. So our responsibility as believers, as followers of Christ, as members of the kingdom of God, that's why it's called the kingdom of God, as heirs and joint heirs with Christ, is to say, we will rule the earth with our decree, with our prayer and our faith. And if we see any government, any system that will not please, whether politics, whether social economic system, whether economic system, we will pray against it. We will pray about it. We will ask the angels to step into, into time and they will change things. Amen. And they will know that we are the ones changing everything. Praise the name of Jesus. So we are, we have to be that church that learns the place of prayer again on our knees. Anybody here with me today? So let's look at, uh, let's, uh, let's look at another example. Another, um, in the book of Daniel 6. Let's just read it. 
book of Daniel 6. Are you here with me? I want to read this because one of the things I want to believe in the Lord to bring back to the, to the body of Christ is a new respect for the word of God and a new desire for scripture. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So that our lives, our whole life is built on the claims of God's word. So Daniel chapter 6, I want to quickly read from verse 1 to verse 28. Are you here with me? It says, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them. One of them was Daniel. One of the three administrators was Daniel. Don't forget in the previous chapter 5, he was chosen and he was put in place. No sooner did he put in place to lead was the king terminated in his sleep. Remember that story, Daniel 5. Okay, so right now Daniel is uh, number 3 in that kingdom. He's a powerful man. Now look at how this powerful man lived. Look at how this powerful man wielded more influence and that's what we're about to see. So the Bible says that the satraps were made accountable to Daniel and his two other guys so that the king might not suffer loss. So now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by the what exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Now this is it. In the midst of three people, Daniel distinguished himself and exhibited, Bible says, exceptional qualities. I think another version of the scripture, I think NKJV says things like, for uh, an excellent spirit was found in him. Now, when I looked at that, when I looked at that word, excellent, or uh, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a word in the Hebrew that 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 says that that is that, that is used to describe something that is preeminent. It's the Hebrew word yatir, something that is preeminent, or something that is above par. Hallelujah. Now, the question I want us to leave as we as we as we leave this place today is. So ask yourself the question. Now, the Holy Ghost has anointed you with the spirit of wisdom and revelation, but how are you working on yourself to make sure that you lead such exceptional work life? Praise the name of Jesus. Alright, you get it. Because at the end of the day, what will push you further is how you are able to exhibit such an exceptional capacity. Amen. So Daniel said, Bible Daniel says, at this time, hello people, where, 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 where am I? Daniel 6. Verse 1? I think verse 4. It says, at this, the administrators and the takers, they tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy. Are you? Listen to this. Because he was trustworthy and what? Neither corrupt nor negligent. Again, that's the word. That's where that word came up. The excellent spirit. Exceptional spirit. It was not corrupt. It was not negligent. Finally, this man said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless... It has something to do with the law of his God. <laughs> so verse 6 says, So the administrators and the setups went as a group to the king. And they said, O king, Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, setups, advisors, and governors. We have all agreed that the king should, have an, should, should issue an edict 
and enforce decree that anyone who prays to any other god or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered. And with the laws of the Medes and the Parthians, which cannot be repealed. Are you listening to this? So King Darius put the decree in writing. So they pressured the king and said, You make a decree. You should be the only one and anybody should worship. You are so powerful. Look at how you wasted Babylon Empire in one single night. Yeah, you are a god if you don't know it, king. We just have to let you know. You may, you may not understand. You may have an identity crisis of your capacity. <laughs> the king said, this is a very good idea. I didn't know I was that powerful. <laughs> so this was what he did. <laughs> Alright, so, verse 9. So the king, Darius, put the decree in writing. Verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home. Hello? He, went, he did what? He went home to his upstairs room. So that he can be close to God. Hello, people? Where the windows open toward, toward Jerusalem. <laughs> Three times a day, he got down, where? On his knee, and prayed. This man is the number three most powerful man in the country. He gives everybody instruction. He is the one who is in charge of the government affairs. He's a very busy man from, from, from sunrise to sunset. I asked myself a question. This was not a pastor. This is not a pastor. Talks for the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> this is a man who works from whatever it is doing government affairs. Amen. How does he get time to pray? Not once, so. How did this prayer get so noticed? Now we need to think about that. As we, as we seek to, to release ourselves to being functional Christ followers, we need to ask ourselves this question. So let's go on, please. So three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then it is a lifestyle for him. The prayer was a lifestyle for him. Prayer has to be for the 24th century church. Quit telling me I don't have time. It's too travel traffic. I'm too busy. I work for God again. You cannot say that. It's not an excuse. People, people in government tell you that a person of a country is such that you don't have time for yourself. Because you're, they are always fired. They are always people you have to meet. They are promises you have to keep. You're not, even, you're not anywhere near there. You're just running your own life or your own enterprise. And you say you have no time to pray. Are you serious? Now listen to this. So the Bible continues this. Then, verse 11. Then these men went as a group. And they found Daniel praying and asking God for what? Uh-uh. <laughs> So they went to the king and they spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or man except to you, O king, will be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, The decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revealed. I think that's the that's boss phrase in, according to the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot. So they spoke his word back to him. Then. They said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to your king or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. 
How many times do you pray a day? Because I'm coming somewhere. Because very soon, they are going to throw you two in lounge then. <laughs> Follow me. I don't want you to be in a hurry. Let's just uh, get this. Okay. <laughs> because there's a lion then that awaits every child of the kingdom of God. You can't run away from your lion's den. Anybody listen to me? In fact, some of you are in, you are in one right now. <laughs> the lions have your head almost in their jaw. But God will help. Amen. So this is what happened. Where are we? We are doing this together. Where, where was I? Shall you help me? Verse 14. Verse 14, yes. Um, ah, where are you? Where is 14 in my Bible? I think it has disappeared. Can I borrow your own Bible, please? Alright. <laughs> when the king had it, he was very distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel. And he made every effort until sundown to save him. Why was an unbelieving Gentile king? What did he see in Daniel? Daniel had manifested something to him. They told him that, do you know what happened? Your kingdom today was decreed by this man. He stood up the night he took over. Because you are laid siege against that kingdom for many years and you couldn't penetrate. But the decree of this man, the interpretation he did on one night, weakened the whole empire. And you came in. They told Darius. Darius put him in charge of everything. The giftedness of God or the giftings of God on your life will make room for you. You need to look for it. Every one of us has a gifting of the Lord. And God has put that, wired you with your gifting or your giftedness so that he can use it to position you. You have to hunger. You have to find it. I pray tonight that somebody will find a sweet spot. That you will find your sweet spot in the spirit. That you will find your grace gifting. And that you will bring it up to the fore. And that you will manifest it to your world. And the kings of the world will laugh it up. And they will reward you and push you by it. Everything you need to succeed is inside you. God has already put it there. Everything. And I'm saying it to, I don't know who you are listening to me. It might be a gift. It might be a grace. grace it might be an ability. It might be a creativity. It might be whatever it is. The day God made me understand this thing, I stopped struggling and I stopped quarreling with people and I stopped, I stopped looking at people and stopped saying things like, they have gone ahead of me, they are better than me, they are richer than me. And it's very, very easy for pastors to say that because you don't have a very large congregation, the other churches that seem to have a large congregation, they are better than you. And so you cannot do something, you can do more things. It's a lie. God spoke to me and said, looking what? Everything you need to succeed is inside you. That's why I treasure everyone under the influence of this ministry. Because the reason God brought you into my life and God brought me into your life is so that together we can do amazing things for God. So I'm not going to look elsewhere. Amen, people. Whatever God has called me to do, we will do it together and we'll get it done. Hallelujah. Whether God wants to take it, God wants to take a territory, change a life, take over a community, we will do it in the name of Jesus. There is enough grace on your life to get it done. It's there. To feed you the rest of your days. It's there. Find it. It's called your sweet spot. Find it. Prayerfully find it. Pray until God reveals it to you. Once you find it, begin to use it. Begin to release it. And begin to work at it. Distinguish yourself working at it. Put in place an exceptional work ethic and quality to move to work it. And see what God will do. Whether God will position you and the rest will be history. Praise the name of Jesus. Hello, anybody here? I don't know that's just a digression, but it's okay. Help me here. Where are we? Let's, let's get back on track. Sorry, please. Verse 15. 15 says, 
All right. Then they, then they met at the group where we, I thought we passed that. Passed that. Then the king met, they went to the king and said to him, Remember, O king, that according to the law of minutes and passions, no decree or edict that the king issue can be changed. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and they drew him into lion's den. And then the king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. Do your employees know you serve God? When they are saying, Who is in this place? This company needs God. I didn't like it to point to you at all. The king recognized this is a now I'm teaching on the day on the times of Gentile kingdoms. Okay, don't forget that. This was not a Jerusalem king. This was a Gentile king. Does God care about the God of Daniel? Doesn't know what Daniel prays to, doesn't know how Daniel prays, and does God care. But one thing it sees that there is a consistent pattern. Of this young Hebrew boy. That while others are hanging around and messing around, he goes somewhere for a bit of time and he prays. And I heard it also three times a day. And I see the impact of his prayer on the bottom line of the kingdom. Everything works under this guy. All these other guys are losers. This guy makes things work. And so if they put him in the lions and he dies, my kingdom will go down. So the king was heartbroken, not because he's a believer, but because he has interfaced with the grace guilting and the work ethic of Daniel, who is a representative of the kingdom of Jesus. See, wherever you work, whatever it is you do, maybe you don't understand it. You think you are playing games in that, your workplace, your business place. You are a representative of the kingdom of Jesus. That's who you are to get Peter sorry or whatever it is is Dara you actually you are an apostle sent by the kingdom of Jesus as a representative of him in that place the, the earlier you understood that the better because like I said to you one of these days you are going to find yourself in lion's den when that day comes may you stand though so the king says I noticed that this guy serves God. King, unbeliever king, was the one praying and interceding for Daniel. May the God. Hello, people. Hello, anybody there? Verse what, please? Verse 17. Verse 17. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his noble, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and he spent the night in an all-night vigil. What kind of impression that Daniel made to this king that king began to become all-night intercessor? A Gentile king. He had nothing and had no entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God. How does he know the living God? See, this, this is... Because when you are reading this, you may be thinking, you are, I think this pastor is a, this, this king is a pastor. <laughs> An unbelieving king who doesn't care a hoot about God's kingdom says, I know you are what? You serve the living God and you serve Him continually. I recognize that. As your God, 
whom you serve continually, being able to rescue you from lions. Which means that the way you serve this your God, I will really be surprised if he doesn't deliver. That's why the king went to the place by faith. Out, because he could wait in his house, but the Bible says he went to the side of the place at the break of dawn. Because the king had some little faith that this God of Daniel may spring some surprises. And he did. Is that correct? <laughs> may unbelievers not have more faith in your God than you. The king refused to give up on the God of Daniel. Doesn't know this God. <laughs> but the but the but the but the honor and the power and the profile of this God have been so manifested in the life of this kingdom represented called Daniel that the king knew that this guy stands from God, that that God is a living God, and that that God can deliver people. And so, what he said was, As that your God, whom you serve continually, who is the living God, as he delivered you, because something tells me, I'm, but he, he, might, he, might, he might have delivered you. And he was sure, look at what happened. Daniel answered, Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, only one angel. So for the true kingdom child of God, angels will work for you. Oh yes. You keep on praying. Keep on serving God. Leave the rest to angels. Anybody listen to this? So Daniel answered him, My God sent his angel and he shut the mouth of the lions. They have not hurt me. Because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. The king was overjoyed. And he gave orders to leave Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because they are trusted in his God. You go to the house of hungry lion. They didn't even try to scratch your body to find out whether your blood tastes nice. No wound. <laughs> no wound. You see, this kingdom that we belong to is a kingdom that is surrounded by so much power and authority and deliverance. And it's a kingdom that kicks angels to work. I don't know how we got to this place where we do not even believe in God to save us. God saves. God delivers. God is king. And this king is more powerful than, than, than Trump, I'm telling you. This king is more powerful than the president of Nigeria. This king is more powerful than the president. Have you seen people, have you seen ordinary, ordinary uh, members of House of Red go in sirens and everybody is scattering? Have you seen the entourage of the president? <laughs> you can't go near the president. Uh, you can't go near the governor. You can't go near his wife. Uh, a, a, one, a, a, governor, a wife of her own, own governor was in a meeting where I was. She didn't even allow people to sit beside her. There were two chairs. So it's too sofa. The whole place was, the whole chair was filled. It was a meeting of a lot of us. Some people, so, somebody was standing up. Governor's wife had sat down. There was a space beside her. So, me, I don't care. You know I'm kingdom guy. I don't care about kingdoms of the world. I thought the person sit beside her. 
he looked at me and said, eh? He won't. Like, this is a taboo. You don't come near the governor's wife. People whose who's tenure expired in four years. How much more the other the other The one whose kingdom never expires but increases and grows better every day. That's the one you serve. That's the one you belong to. So why would you move your car away? from the serene of a governor's wife and when God invades a meeting you walk around the place playing with your phone it's simply because you do not understand that this God is so awesome and he's so powerful you despise his kingdom you don't even know he's that powerful you don't even believe he's that powerful if we tell you you can make it you say ah, that's what you say you say receive it you say ah. you say God will do it you say Mike. You know, you know, you see, and you are sleeping in church, oh. You actually have no answer of faith in this God who made a minute. Now, an unbelieving king is teaching us about faith. Now, that's what God always does anyway. Because his children don't understand the concept of who he is, unbelievers will teach you. Whether it's a Nebuchadnezzar will teach you, a Rehab that will teach you. You know, remember Rehab. Rehab said, what are you guys looking for? These cities that belong, they were hiding in the night, in the roof. Rehab said, what's wrong with you? You are the owners of this place. In fact, I don't know you are the owners. Now please, let's sign a contract. An unbeliever, prostitute, is telling Jewish spies. <laughs> this land belongs to you. Let me sign an, an, an MOU with you. They look at that and say, what's wrong with this one? Then something kicks you and say, it might be true. So many times, don't worry. This unbeliever will teach us, praise the name of Jesus. Since we don't read the Bible and we don't believe God's word, don't worry. Unbelievers will teach us what faith means. That God can deliver you from the lion's den. <laughs> Alright, so let's, 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 let's say this. Because, because this, is, this is how kingdom, this is how the kingdom of God at work. God's kingdom is at work. And this kingdom is operational in the times of Gentile kingdoms. Hallelujah. And you and I, are the representatives of this kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. Alright, so let's read this through. 12 verse 24. Is that where we are? Yes. So the king commanded the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in from the lion's den along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the dead, lions overpowered them and crushed out their bones. Before, while they were in the hair, lion king was jumping and picking them one by one. Simba. Simba must have been there. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and the men of every language. Listen to this. This is, this is the crux of the, this is the meat of the thing. Look at what this unbelieving king wrote. A time is coming, it won't be long, when the Gentile kings, whether in America, in North Korea, in China, in Russia, in everywhere all over the world, will submit themselves to that name that is above every name. The name of Jesus. The last days, winning of souls that we're going to do, are going to be so filled with so much manifestation of the blood in our core power and the glory of God that in one single day, all nations will be saved. You know how they'll be saved? Once their kings are saved, once their house are saved, they'll make a decree and say, take every Islamic thing out of this, out of our position and put Jesus there. 
And anybody that does not serve Jesus will put them in jail. And anybody who wants to take a ration or a position in this country must be a believer in Christ. Come and say, I will be converting. Come, you will see evangelism. You will see souls being saved. But it can't happen when God moves against the kings of the earth. And he will. So look at this testimony of this king. So King Darius wrote to all the people, nations and nations and men of every language throughout the land. He says, may you prosper greatly. I usually decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. How does he know that? This God of Daniel rescues. This God of Daniel can save. This God of Daniel can perform signs and wonders in the heavens. And even on the earth too. It is this God of Daniel that rescued him from the power of the lions. So, Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and also during the reign of Cyrus the Passion. These are two kingdoms. You know, I cannot but keep talking to you about the head of gold, the best, the best, the breast of silver, the the stomach of um, of bronze, the leg of iron, the feet of iron and clay, because it's going to keep recurring. At the level we are right now, we are in the level of the kingdoms of the earth, where Bible talks about the leg of iron mixed with clay, which means weak nations, weak kingdoms, weak systems. The weakest system that's ever been on the earth is democracy. That's why in little other primaries, internal primaries, they cannot do it. Whether it's if they can make all the noise they want, or PDP, all of them are lie. They are weak. They are fragmented. They will screw themselves. You start hearing court cases. Democracy is not the answer to the world's problem. Theocracy is. What's theocracy? Theocracy is the rule of God. We can manage democracy. But you are beginning to see. Even in America, you see. America, the father of democracy. It doesn't work. It's not. It's the weakest this, these are the days of the feet of leg and clay. These are the weakest of the empires of the world. I don't care who is making noise. Whether it's North Korea, whether it's China, I don't care who is making noise. Listen to it. The Bible tells us that the greatest of all those kingdoms are died. The weakest of them are the ones right now. But <laughs> well, guess what? On the, on the flip side, the strongest of the kingdom is here. It's called the Church of God. And it's growing. Oh, it's growing. It's growing. It's growing. They, 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 say with, they, they, they say to us, they, all, they know is, they, all they know how to do is just to pray. They do not understand what is happening. They don't, they, don't know, they don't have any name. They don't have anybody. They don't have any pedigree. They do not understand that we are the Daniel church. That we have learned how to bow our knees three times a day. And cry to God for help. That's why if they are a believer, listen to me today. And you have not scheduled your life to be a prayer life. I don't know who you are. Satan hates you. Angels don't know you. Hello, people. Is that, is that correct? Does Satan hate you? Does Satan hate you? All right, that's fine. Thank you for agreeing. Do angels know you? <laughs> 
when the kingdoms of the world, when the social kingdoms of the world attack your children's minds, you want to get them into lesbianism. Because they will attack your children's mind. When the economic systems of the world terminate your job and kills your industry. When the political system is shoot against your ethnic group. Because these are the things, these are the things, when government policies don't favor your church and ministry. Because the kingdom of God will be attacked by persecution. I want you to understand this. We're not preaching gospel of, it's okay, it's fine. Don't worry, there is grace. If you don't pray, it's fine. Jesus was teaching about two extremes. Not enough grace and too much grace, is that correct? This grace is not enough. Let's, 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 let's put something to join it. Or this grace is too much. I can, I can live in sin, sleep around, have boyfriend, sleep in my boyfriend's house and come to do praise and worship the following morning in church. Grace is enough. That's why we ask the question. Clearly, demons hate you. Because you bear the name of Jesus. Also, you claim for us the one you bear the name of Jesus. Now, in database, angels don't know how to respond to you. They don't know whether you are a girl or you are a boy. You have to be, you have to have a clearly defined identity in the spirit. That's one of the reasons why you don't, you don't, you, you, you don't stop praying. Because it's in a place of prayer that God will adjust our hearts. Adjust the mediocrities in our lives. And show up our capacity that He built inside us. All in the place of prayer. These guys are not born like that. Daniel wasn't born like that, definitely. It was the Spirit of God that jumped on him. Because the Spirit of God will always jump on anyone who's made communion with God a thing that is non-negotiable. Do you want to be smarter than you are right now? Do you want to be smarter than you are right now? Do you want to be? Jump into God. Carve out your day and say, This is for God. It's a non-negotiable. I will have locked this down. It's my priority. God takes this moment and this moment and this moment. Everything else I will fit in. Into the other. Break your day. 24 hours and say God takes this one and God takes this one and God takes this one. Anyway, I'm all over the world. I'm going to stop what I'm doing and face God even if it's for a, moment, for a minute. That's what Daniel did. Because you're ever going to get busy. The world will make sure of that. It is you that will have to prioritize your communion with God. If you don't prioritize, you'll never get it. And if you don't ever get it, you never have it. And if you don't ever have it, everything is a thing. You see, look at this. This is, this is a very simple case of of boardroom politics and, and antagonism at work. How many people this is career pro, career problem? These are these are our career people. Some of them went to the boss and said, "Boss, he has been stealing company money." Is that is that not what is that? They are lying against a sinless man. They are lying against a praying man. They are lying against. They said all the things you decide your way is doing. They are lying against you. Do you know that? There is a there is a spirit that is accusing you before the board. But what do you do? You don't fast. You don't pray. <laughs> you don't study the scriptures. You don't think God is important. <laughs> but they are lying against you. 
They are planning as a group to snuff out your business. They have ganged up and said, no way would this one make money in this place. They have planted agents of darkness in your organization. But you don't pray. You don't seek the face of God. You are not interested. You are too busy. Are you too busy? I don't know are too busy. Too busy. I want to give you nine principles as I close this meeting today. What I call nine truths. Number one. In the days of Gentile kingdoms, God is going to open effectual doors for ministry. God is going to open what? Effectual doors for ministry. When you get a, I want to read the book of Acts chapter 14. <clears throat> Acts 14 verse 1 to 27. Let me quickly take some things out of it for you. Acts 14. These are the days for openness for ministry. And I want to, I want, I'm, I want to, I'm speaking to you today because I recognize that God has brought you into his kingdom for such a time as this to represent him. So you are a minister. Hello people. Hallelujah. And God is going to open the sexual doors for ministry for you. That's what God did for that, for the, for Daniel. Daniel served the Lord. They put him in the lounge then. It became an opportunity to exhibit the kingdom of God. By the time Daniel was done, the king said, if if God, Daniel's God can do this, let us serve him forever. All the greatest empire that ever lived, God's sake, everybody, by fiat, you don't have a choice but to be saved. You don't have a choice but to serve the God of Daniel. We're going to see that. But guess who God's going to use? God's going to use you. God's going to use your life, your work, your opportunities that's going to bring your way to be that platform. God's going to put that platform in your hand. You have to recognize that this is a platform. I told a young person, man, I said, keep working on your skills. Keep praying. Keep serving the Lord. Keep rehearsing. Keep, keep building yourself. Don't worry. Nobody comes for you now. Nobody knows your face now. Nobody is asking for you. Nobody is even calling you to come and do whatever it is. Don't worry. You just keep doing what? Keep building yourself. Keep praying. Keep building your skills. Keep honing your skills. Keep working at yourself. By the time problem hits the world or your industry, and they are looking for someone with a solution. God will have made you ready. Or, let me put it this way. You will have qualified yourself by reason of your hard work. And by politics. Or by, by your ethics. So when we tell people in the, body, in the church today. Say you cannot live like Africa. You cannot live like Nigerians. Nigerians go late to work. Nigerians steal their bosses' money. Nigerians are very indolent when they go to work. Nigerians do mediocre work for their bosses. Because they say how much is shipping in itself. You're not Nigerian, you're a kingdom. And sometimes God throws you in the place where you are working because He wants to train you and give you a work ethic. And here you are, you don't even show up at the work on time. Or you don't even go at all. You always have every good reason to fall sick and not to go to work. When the opportunity comes for someone to rule and to take the place of preeminence, they're not going to call you. Meanwhile, that will have been an open door for ministry for you. And that's the reason why a lot of people struggle, a lot of church folks struggle. They struggle. Why? Because they do not understand that you have to distinguish yourself. Jesus said you have to go the extra mile. Church folks don't abandon their desk and say, time has closed, I'm going home. They get the work done. The boss comes in and sees that they are still there. He does not think he does not understand. He does not think he ignores them. That he doesn't see that they are still working. Anybody listen to me? They don't get paid extra at the end of the month. But somebody is watching. A ministry platform is being created. A door is going to open for you. An effectual door of ministry. You don't know it. You think they are using you too much. They are using you too much in this place. How much are they paying yourself? 
That's how Gentile folk, believers in Christ, people of the kingdom of God, recognize that they have to disengage themselves. By time, you have to spend more time at the work. Release more commitments before beyond everybody else. Excel. Be exceptional. This thing, the Bible says it was not neither corrupt nor was he negligent. Did you, did you read it? Did you read it? It was neither corrupt. Nor, some of you, they will give you money to go and buy something for the company. You buy, they will give you 5,000 naira. You buy for 5,000, 4,500 naira, 4,700 naira, and you keep the change. How? They don't they know that it is 5,005 somewhere else. I even tried to bargain to get it for 4,007. Don't they know I've saved the company 500 naira? You saved the company 500 naira. Then they discover that actually it's 4,007. Then they call you. Ross, how often? I say, as a matter of fact, I forgot it in my purse. You forgot company money in your purse. And I say that to a lot of young people today. It's a very, it's a very, it's a, it's a spirit of darkness that's taking over young people. You send them something, they, 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 don't, they, they, they don't, they don't think you deserve to have a change. They don't give you any explanation. I went to a car wash. I said, how much do you charge? They told me how much they charge. I said, wash the car. After the guy washed the car, I tried to test him. I brought out a thousand naira. I gave it to him. He looked at it, took the money. Chris, 1,000 euro notes. <laughs> he fell in love with it. <laughs> he says, I don't have change. I said, how much do you say you charge? He said, 500 euro. Then he said to me, he said, oh, you want to leave it? That's what a young man told me. I want to leave it. I want to leave my hard-earned money. I had a contract with you. Wash this car for 500 euro. You wash the car. I gave you money, my part of the bargain, to pay you. And you want to rob me. Because I gave you, because of what? Because I gave you 1,000 naira. You know what I did? The Holy Ghost is very smart, Holy Spirit. I said, come. I said, where is the money? I took my 1,000 naira. Before the Holy Ghost can begin to say, no, forgive him now. No, I don't want to forgive him. I took my money, put it back in my purse, took a 500 naira and gave it to him. That's the last time he saw me there. You have a good opportunity to prove your ministry. A door open unto you. You need to understand that. Read the book of Acts 14 when you get home from verse 1 to 27. God's going to open doors, effectual doors for you in the earth through, the, through where you work, through your business. Somebody is watching. An unbeliever is watching. He knows you claim to go to church or you have said before you go to church. He's confused. He's feeling suicidal. He needs hope in Christ. He thinks he can get it from you. And while you're supposed to be a representative of the kingdom of God, you're making seven times a son of hell by lifestyle. That is if you don't even say you want to sleep with them. Can I go out with you? Will you be my girlfriend? Can we sleep together? Some of you are even Christians who carry a man or banners. Let me speak to you. Let me speak to you. This is, this is my meeting. Don't rush me. Praise the name of Jesus. You have, you have opportunity to reflect Christ in your world. And what you put in your chest is, I saw something yesterday, my wife and I, we, we have not been able to stop talking about this thing yesterday. Somebody who comes to a church, who have been going to this church all I can. What, what's on our chest? Sex is my religion. Let us pray. Did you see her? Is it because I have not caught you wearing your own? An invitation for men. I don't know what for women. Come, let us pray. You are here listening to me. You are just pretending for us in church. Sex is your religion. And you are always praying every other night. <laughs> one of these days you are going to find yourself in the lion's den because Daniel told him 
said, oh king, you know, my life has been innocent before the Lord. You see, these are the days of lifestyle. We, we need to bring back our emphasis to lifestyle. Let's forget about our money and car and house and, and all these money breakthroughs and all whatever it is. If you work hard and God blesses your work, you will feed yourself and the gift you have got inside you will come out. But what we don't talk about is lifestyle. You are the fifth piece that people are reading. Now, some people will never come to Jesus except through your lifestyle. As you live in the neighbor with them, as you walk side by side with them, you are, they are the next to your neighbor at work. Your desk is right beside theirs. Their drivers, their colleagues at work, they are looking at you and saying, That young lady who says she goes to a church, I don't know what the church is, but let me talk to her a little bit. By the time they want to talk to you, they see that you are, that you, that you are oozing of alcohol. Because you had a hangover last night. Because somebody invited you to a birthday bash. And you drank yourself because you saw free wine and free brews, free energy. I'm speaking to you because you need to understand that when God calls you into the kingdom, is giving you an opportunity for ministry. To represent Him. Because a time will come in the earth, in the days of the Gentile kings, that opportunity for ministry will come. And what God intends to do is to be able to get all communities, all organizations, all families to be saved just because you're going to use your mouth to preach His Word and your lifestyle to challenge them to faith. That's what this kingdom is about. Because this kingdom must grow and grow and grow until it subdues all the other kingdoms of the earth under the supreme name of Jesus. You are the carrier of that name. How many people understand what I'm talking about? How many people understand what I'm talking about? You are not just somebody who just trying to make some money, who just trying to do. You are an apostle of God. You're a senator. You represent God's kingdom. That's why when we are tempted, and we are tempted, so I'm not talking to you as if somebody who's You get tempted by girls, you get tempted by bush, you get tempted by all manner of things. You say, Father, help me. You go follow your knees three times a day. Say, Father, please help me. Lord Almighty, I'm fighting with lust. I have a lust problem. Lord, please help me. Lord Almighty, I used to be hooked on alcohol and girls. Please help me. Now, I know I'm a representative of the kingdom of God. I cannot mess up. Lord, please help me. That's why you pray. Lord, I got, I got habits that have been with me since I was born. Please help me. Lord, I lie. I've always lied for everything I've got in my life. Lord, please, I don't want to do anymore. Please help me. Three times a day. Until God changes your heart. And God changes. You say, God, if you don't change my life, I'm going to die here. Change me or kill me. But you can't leave. You can't leave. You can't crawl up. See, you have to be a living sacrifice. You have to, be, you have to bring yourself to the altar. And let God kill you there and resurrect you. You can't crawl away from the altar of God. Anybody listen to what I'm That's who we are. We present our bodies and living sacrifices. This body must be holy. Our worship must be acceptable. Our life is actually the worship, not our song. And it's beautiful to have an amazing, intense worship experience. But how many people know that is just saying, Lord, we give you our physical. But really, the core is our spirit, who we are on the inside. I'm going to close this with you right now. I'll um, probably, if you have an email, I'll share this email with you. Share it in your email. Praise the name of Jesus. You must agree with the Holy Ghost to develop capacity. I said quite, basically said quite all, almost all the things. I thought I, thought I was going to give, you, to give it to you as a list. I think I've said everything. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let me pray with you. Galatians chapter 4 says that, verse 3 and 4, it says, And pray for us so that God may open a door for our message. 
I want you to pray for yourself that Lord Almighty, Lord, open the door for the message of the gospel through me. Open the door for me. Pastor has said, as I interface with the system of the world, you are going to open the door for ministry. Many times God has bungled the door and open. Father God Almighty, open the door for my message. So that I may proclaim, this is a false so that I may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Then he concluded, he says, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. I want you to pray for open doors for ministry for yourself. The earlier you understood that you are a minister, the better. The moment I understood that, that I was a believer and I was a minister of the gospel, when I got saved, I began to do ministry instantly. Instantly. I got saved at age 19. Instantly I began to do ministry. Because I recognized that I'm not an adolescent. There's no such thing as adolescent believer. You are a child of God full of the Spirit of God. Full of the matured Holy Ghost. Whether you are a 7-year-old or a 17-year-old or a 27 or a 37, you step out into ministry and you begin to say, Father, what door of ministry do I, are you opening for me? Help me to be able to represent you, to, rep- to present the mystery of Christ as I should and to speak this mystery clearly as I should. Ask and say, Father God Almighty, open, open the door for me. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Father, open for me the door. God's going to use your job like he used the job of Dan- Daniel. Daniel was not a prophet. I know we all try to call him prophet right now. And we write him as one of the major prophets. But he was never, in fact, you will never, you will never see him say, Daniel the prophet. No. He was a technocrat. He was a civil servant. That's what he was. Some of you are civil servants. Some of you are students. Some of you are technocrats. Some of you, the only thing you know how to do is to, is to administer. That's okay. God will use that. God will provide an, a platform for you one of these days to use your business, to use your skills, to use your vocation to represent Him. Pray and say, Father God Almighty, open the door for me and when the door opens, let me know that it's the door you have opened and Lord, help me to be able to speak to represent you clear as I should. Why don't you pray that with me tonight? If we understand that, we will take responsibility for the gospel, for the gospel of the kingdom and we will get this gospel preached quick and we will bring back the king in record time. And that's the only thing that the world is waiting for. The whole earth yearns and groans for the manifestation of the sons of God. And that's why we are teaching this. It's high time the church stood up and recognized that the world is groaning. The world is growing in expectation for you to manifest. For the true church, for the true kingdom to manifest. And guess where we will manifest? We will manifest in the times of Gentile kingdoms. That's why God is raising this church and empowering this church. And stirring up dimensions of himself in this church. And teaching this church. And releasing fresh anointing upon this church. If God will open your eyes, you will see that angels are all over the place waiting to help get you to get to work for you. Will you activate them? Only one angel will work for Daniel. Angels will work for you. These are the days of angelic interventions. We have to ready, we have to ready ourselves. Ready our lifestyle. Lord, help us. Let the Daniel here tonight cry to God and say, please help me. Help me. We hope you heard the voice of the Lord through the message that you just heard. For further inquiries about other helpful resources and counseling, please visit us at the Capstone Church Without Walls or call 080-2318-2030. You can email helpdesk at thecapstoneonline.com or simply visit us online at www.thecapstoneonline.com. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you indeed.